AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. It is May 8th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Sunday nights, wherever you may be. WrestleMania Backlash, man. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people started this day off saying to me on social media, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't think there was a pay-per-view tonight. I didn't realize there was a pay-per-view tonight. <laughs> Everybody realized that Sunday was happening. It was Mother's Day. They didn't correlate this day with WWE pay-per-view. <laughs> Premium live event, I'm sorry. Nobody realized that tonight was a pay-per-view. So, in turn, that tells me that the WWE product right now sucks. Nobody cares about the WWE product right now. Uh, I get the same feeling from the AEW product as well. Feels like all products right now are ice cold. And I don't know why. AEW obviously putting on the better show compared to WWE. But I'm not going to talk about AEW tonight. WrestleMania Backlash. Tonight was a... Fairly decent, fairly decent pay-per-view <laughs> premium live event from WWE tonight. Tonight was a good show. Tonight was a good show. Uh, minus, obviously, Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. You know, it's funny. Happy Corbin is the only one who ha- who's happy when he's on TV. Everybody else is unhappy when Barrett Corbin's on TV. Except for Happy Corbin... And Madcap Moss. And then we obviously have Bobby Lashley versus... You know, nobody cares about Omos and Bobby Lashley, man. Those two little pimples on Backlash's ass tonight kind of took the rating down. But everything else on the show seemingly delivered on Sunday night. Now, I do have an issue. I do have an issue. Why is it that WrestleMania Backlash was actually better than night two of WrestleMania 38. Why is that? Why were most of these rematches? Cody versus Seth, AJ versus Edge, and obviously Ronda versus Charlotte. I mean, I don't know how they couldn't top their WrestleMania match, which was fucking terrible. I don't know how they couldn't top that match. Even Ronda versus Charlotte. Why did all these WrestleMania rematches? Why did all these WrestleMania rematches end up being better? 
than their WrestleMania counterparts on Sunday night, Saturday night. I don't get it. Doesn't really spell WrestleMania to me if you're going to go and do a rematch better than the actual biggest event of the entire year. Doesn't really work that way in my eyes. It's ass backwards, if you ask me. The other thing that I'm concerned about is WWE tends to do this a little bit too often, man. The build for this show was absolutely terrible. I mean, the last couple of weeks especially have been horrendous. They're they're usually awful every fucking week, but the last couple of weeks have been absolutely fucking lifeless beyond recognition, man. These shows have felt so forced. On autopilot, the shows have felt. They didn't give a shit about writing anything, especially for the go-home shows. The week before that was terrible. Why does WWE always go into these shows with such terrible builds, and then we get to the pay-per-view, and they're actually decent. The expectation and the hype is so low, it's almost as if WWE gets their dick hard on giving you a good pay-per-view after weeks and weeks and weeks of fucking torment. Why are the pay-per-views always so little hype, but they always end up delivering in some way, shape, or form when the pay-per-view is over with? I don't really understand that. Shouldn't the build be just as good as the pay-per-view? And shouldn't the pay-per-view be fucking great anyway? I don't, I don't understand that logic. I really don't. But needless to say, we got a very good night of professional wrestling tonight. Like I said, Cody and Seth Rollins, again, to me, was the match of the night. I just love everything that Cody Rhodes is doing right now. Seth Rollins showing you why he's one of the best in the world. And then we got that main event, man. That was a fun fucking main event with the bloodline against RK Bro and Drew McIntyre. Nothing on the line. I still don't understand why we didn't get a unification tag team title match, but I'm not going to sit here and complain about it because I did that all week. They didn't fight for anything today, and it ended up being a great match regardless. Ronda Rousey won the SmackDown Women's Championship. Her reign of terror officially begins on Friday nights. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. And Edge and AJ Styles, man. Edge has added yet another member of Judgment Day, and I love everything about what they've done with Rhea Ripley, man. Rhea Ripley has joined Judgment Day, and I'm hearing that is not going to be the final member of Edge's new faction on Monday night. So we're going to go over all that today right here on the official WrestleMania Backlash post show right here on Off the Script. Thank you guys for the 2000 in the venue, man. You guys are still filtering on it, man. Listen, make yourself a, a cozy seat, sit down, enjoy the show, go to the bar and get a beverage. Make sure it's ice cold, man. I may recommend the whiskey of the week here in the venue, man. We're going with Angel's Envy. That's my whiskey of the week, man. So make sure you guys get a very whiskey-inspired drink. Jesse knows his whiskeys. So make sure you have Jesse make you a drink at the bar. Sit down and enjoy the show, man. We're going to do what we usually do best right here on OTS, and that is give you the best damn fucking podcast, the best damn live stream in the entire IWC. Hit that thumbs up. I see 2,000 in the venue, man. Why aren't? Why don't we have 1,000 likes? Seriously, a minimum. 1,000 likes need to be... Before the show even starts, man. Thousand likes, hit that thumbs up. It helps me out, helps you out. You're basically doing nothing, man, for free. Seriously. It's honestly the best way to support the show. You're not giving any super chats. It's the best way to give back to the show, man. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes minimum on today's off the script backlash post show. 
If you guys want a super chat, man, never an obligation. You guys can always get them on in. You guys tell me how you feel about the show, what you thought about tonight's show, what was your favorite match. In fact, you guys can do that in the super chats. Also in the chat, leave me a comment down below if you guys are watching this after the fact. What was your favorite match tonight and why? That is your homework. What was your favorite match tonight on WWE's Backlash pay-per-view? Hit that join button, become a channel member, become an OTS VIP right here in the OTS venue. You guys sit right back there with me, sitting VIP, man. The finest of beverages and a damn good fucking crowd, man. We got almost 700 members in the VIP club, man. So make sure you guys hit that join button, become a very, very integral and exclusive part of the OTS venue. Make sure you guys go check out the podcast from earlier, man. We were live for almost three hours off the script, episode 429. We really dove deep into that Roman Reigns promo in Trenton, New Jersey. Roman Reigns seemingly giving hints that he may be walking away from WWE when that time comes. We went over it on top of all the other big stories today on Off the Script. That is live on the homepage right now. So if you guys want something later tonight, if you guys want to hop on some Call of Duty or whatever the fuck you play, Elden Ring, I don't know what you guys are playing right now, and you want some audio in the background, man, Off the Script has got you covered. So make sure you guys go check that out and check out the podcast. Episode 429 is up now. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And like I said, hit that subscribe button down below and become a part of the OTS family. Today's show sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout for your free sample. That is BlueChew.com. And make sure you guys go get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off The Script. I got t-shirts. I got tote bags. I got coffee mugs. You name it, man. Go and check out Bonfire for all your exclusive Off The Script merchandise, as always. I heard Adam Cole was on Bar Rescue tonight. Did anybody watch Adam Cole and Britt Baker on Bar Rescue, man? I'm very curious to know what they did, man. I'm assuming they were a part of their recon. John Taffer's recon before he went into this fucking poor poor schmuck's bar and shut it down. I'd love to know what they were drinking and what they were munching on, man. Walking into this unnamed bar. I have to watch the episode. That's great, man. Adam Cole and Britt Baker, baby, on John Taffer's Bar Rescue. I love Bar Rescue. I think that's a great fucking show, man. I'd like to open up my own bar sometime in the future, man. That's why we got the venue. I like nice dive bars, man. This is why we have the venue. Anyway, we'll talk about that on Wednesday, man. Maybe I'll catch up with it, and we'll talk about it on Wednesday with Jesse. Backlash. Backlash started off with Cody Rhodes, the Roadster, versus Seth Rollins. This was a rematch from WrestleMania, one of... Three rematches from WrestleMania tonight, if I could pull up my fucking notes. Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, they had a banger of a match at WrestleMania. I loved it. I thought it was the match of the WWE weekend. The match of that weekend went to the Briscoes and FTR. But if we're speaking in the world of WWE, that was obviously the best match all WWE weekend spanning NXT, SmackDown, Raw, and two nights of WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes is so good, man. Cody Rhodes is so good. I could watch that man wrestle all day long. He is so good. The story he tells in the ring is fucking perfect. And Rollins, man, I'm not going to take anything away from Seth Rollins. He's been killing it in the ring as of late. It always helps 
when he has a great dance partner with Cody Rhodes. The whole thing here, and it's very simple, and I really appreciate simplistic storylines. This one didn't really need much behind it. Seth Rollins saw Cody Rhodes come out at WrestleMania. He was unprepared for his WrestleMania match because nobody told him who his opponent was going to be. He legitimately said it was a shoot. He didn't know who it was going to be before it walked, before Cody Rhodes walked out there. I think he kind of knew just based on the online chatter that it was going to be Cody Rhodes. But he walked out there. He didn't know who his opponent was going to be. And he claimed that he was unprepared for Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. So the next night on Monday Night Raw, we get Cody Rhodes showing up on Monday night, and we get him in the ring with Seth Rollins, and the build towards this match centered around what Cody supposedly did to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was unprepared, and Seth Rollins then, in the build to this match, claimed that Cody had to wrestle a mystery opponent of his choosing because he wants Cody Rhodes to feel how unprepared it is or how it feels to be unprepared to go into a match without knowing who your opponent is going to be. Seth Rollins thinks he's better than Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes says he wants the world championship, and he's not going to let anybody get in his way of that. Seth Rollins says, as long as I'm on the same show as you, you will not be getting to that world championship. They make a great pairing together in that ring. And I think so far, in Cody's first month back in WWE, it's been pretty damn fucking good. So I love what WWE's doing right now with Cody Rhodes. Now, Seth Rollins came out tonight. He was wearing basically the same thing he wore at WrestleMania, nothing different. It was the same outfit he wore at WrestleMania when he first stepped into the ring with Cody Rhodes. WWE, as usual, blew their budget on Cody Rhodes and the pyro for his entrance. I always have been more of a less is more type of guy, but when WWE has two different sets of pyro go off during Cody Rhodes' entrance, I think it's kind of overkill. But it is Cody Rhodes, and... WWE's treating Cody Rhodes like a main event act ever since he's been back, so I guess I can't complain too much about that. So the match started off with some basic arm drags, some hammer locks to start. Cody went for his signature drop-down punch, the, sign- the signature Rhodes drop-down punch, because Dustin, his brother, does the same thing. Seth had that scouted, and he blocked the Rhodes signature drop-down punch. Cody went for a drop-down punch again after an Irish whip in the corner, and Rollins counted it into a crucifix pinfall to once again get the better of Cody Rhodes. So after a slap in the face by Rollins, he was obviously pissed off about this. A chase outside the ring ensued with Cody chasing Seth Rollins. Rollins lured Cody back into the ring and took advantage and put the boots to him. Kind of silly for Cody to fall for something like that, being the veteran in this match and how great he is, but Rollins... He took advantage of that. So, Cody rolled to the apron. Rollins delivered a flying knee, and Cody goes flying to the outside against the barricade. Jimmy Smith, at this point in the match, and I had to put this in my notes, man. Jimmy Smith, absolutely ridiculous is Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith said on commentary that Cody Rhodes had ring rust. This is what he said. Cody Rhodes has ring rust. And apparently he didn't wrestle, according to Jimmy Smith, at all in the last six years. Well, because he wasn't in WWE and wrestled elsewhere, that cannot be mentioned on WWE TV. Cody Rhodes apparently has ring rust. Corey Graves then thankfully stepped in because Corey Graves is fucking great at his job. And he said, well, it's not like Cody hasn't competed in a ring in the last six years. Yes, 
Everybody in the chat, really? Huh? What? Yes. Jimmy Smith said legitimately, word for word, that Cody Rhodes has ring rust or he's trying to work off ring rust by being in the ring with Seth Rollins. I wonder who fed him that line. Do you really take us to be a bunch of blithering fucking idiots, WWE? Why would Jimmy, unless Jimmy Smith is a fucking idiot, I don't know why that line was said on tonight's broadcast. Thank God for Corey Graves. Thank Christ. Seth Rollins delivered a huge clothesline on the outside, turned Cody absolutely inside out, looked fantastic. Cody took control back in the ring quickly with a delayed vertical suplex and a disaster kick to follow. Cody goes for a cover and only gets a two count. So Cody Rhodes went for another disaster kick. This was his go-to in the match. He tried the disaster kick three different times. Rollins shoved him over the top rope in mid-disaster kick. He goes flying to the outside. Rollins followed and launched him into the barricade. Rollins looked, out, looked to be in control of this match as Cody started to fight back again. And Rollins continued the attack with an Irish whip. Chest first went Cody into the turnbuckle. Some kicks before slowing it down. He slowed the match down with the... Very stereotypical WWE headlock right in the middle of the ring. Cody once again fighting back. Came back with a sunset flip pin for a two. Rollins did the same thing. Both men now up top. And Cody delivered a superplex off the second turnbuckle. This was a monster super superplex that was almost as if it was done in slow motion. Man, right down to the mat off the second turnbuckle. Looked very nice by Cody Rhodes. So both men are down after the superplex. They're slow to get up. Rollins was up first. Then Cody got up. Both men are now throwing big bombs, big chops in the middle of the ring at each other. Starts to pick up the pace now. Rhodes with a snap power slam. Rollins rolls to the outside. Cody with a springboard dive misses. Rollins rolls back inside after Cody missed the dive to the outside. Rollins went for a suicide dive to try and take advantage with Cody being down on the outside. Cody gets back to the apron, blocks it with an elbow. Cody rolls back in the ring. Cody cutter, a cover, and only gets a two counts off the cover and a near fall. Nice spot there by both guys. Rollins is back up again. He went right for a pedigree. Cody blocked it. Super kick by Rollins instead. He nailed the super kick. He goes for a cover, only gets a two count off the super kick. Rollins missed the stomp. He went for the stomp. Cody missed the crossroads, so now they're going for their finishing moves, trying desperately to win this match. Rollins came off the top rope. Cody went for his own pedigree. Rollins escaped. Rollins with a Falcon arrow. Rollins goes for the cover, gets a near fall off of the Falcon's arrow. Cody went for another disaster kick. This is his third attempt at the, at the disaster kick. Rollins caught him in a power bomb off the springboard of the disaster kick, then turns it into a buckle bomb. Rollins immediately goes up top. Huge frog splash by Rollins. That was the closest near fall of the match so far off of the frog splash for Seth Rollins. Rollins is now going back up top after the frog splash. He wanted to end it. He was going for his Phoenix splash. He rolled through. He missed. Cody with the super kick of his own as Rollins was on his knees. Cody up top. Rollins runs right up there to meet him up top. And a Falcon Arrow superplex into the Falcon Arrow. He got the superplex part. He went for the Falcon Arrow, but Rhodes caught him in the crossroads. But Rollins managed to get his foot on the rope stopping the referee's eventual three count, man. That was also a great spot as well. That big superplex, he went for the Falcon's arrow into the crossroads, and Cody looked to win it so desperately, and Rollins rolled. 
right out of the crossroads, closer to the ropes, and he got to the ropes. Now, both guys outside near the announce desk. Cody landed some bombs on the announce desk. Back in the ring, Cody goes up top again. Huge moonsault by Cody Rhodes. Missed. Rollins with a pedigree and another near fall. The crowd popped big for the pedigree uh, by Seth Rollins. And when Cody tried the pedigree, they also popped for that as well. Rollins is pissed at this point. So kicking Cody in the head repeatedly because he's pissed. Then he starts mimicking Cody, doing his punches, and then he goes for his father's bionic elbow. Rhodes caught him in a crossroads, nailed it. Rollins fought out of a second crossroads. They go back and forth. Cody went for a vertebraker because he had Rollins on his back upside down. Rollins rolled into a pinfall, hooked the tights on Cody. Cody reversed the pinfall. Cody rolled up Rollins and hooked the tights and gets the one, two, three on Seth Rollins, and he cheats to win the match. Rollins was obviously pissed off, upset at the referee, blasting the referee. How could you do this? He hooked my tights. I lost unfairly. Blah, blah, blah. I love it. I thought this was very Very good, man. The ending, the match itself was great. I thought the match, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people said this match was better than WrestleMania. It might have been better in ring. As far as atmosphere goes, no way. No way. I I think if it really boils down to it, I know I said it was probably better than the WrestleMania match at the top of the show tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to retract that statement. I do not think it was better than the WrestleMania match just because of where that match took place and how special that moment was for Cody Rhodes. You can't duplicate that. But as far as the in-ring aspect is concerned, this match was better than their match at WrestleMania. I'm just not going to give this match the nod overall. Cody is fantastic. I've seen some people in the community, oh, well, uh, well, Seth Rollins can't win the match. Why does he got to lose the match? Cody needs to lose. We need 50-50 booking. No. No, I'm sorry. We're not doing 50-50 booking with Cody Rhodes. This was the right outcome. I don't want to hear anything about fucking 50-50 booking as far as Cody Rhodes is concerned. No way. Seth Rollins is going to lose the next match as well. He lost WrestleMania. He lost WrestleMania Backlash. And if they do a a third match, which which seems to be likely, being that the outcome was hooking of the tights, it looks like these two are going to be inside Hell in a Cell. Cody's going to win that one. Cody needs to win that one as well. Cody Rhodes is the one guy in this company that takes a huge, a huge precedent on wins and losses. He is a big advocate for wins and losses. You're not going to beat Cody Rhodes on his way to winning an eventual world championship. That doesn't work. It's not going to work that way for Cody. Seth Rollins is in this thing with Cody Rhodes, and he's producing some of the best matches of his entire year. So it means nothing for Seth Rollins to lose this match. It doesn't take anything away from Seth Rollins. Cody is the guy. WWE is entrusting Cody to be the guy on Monday night. He needs to win the fucking match. Seriously. I love it. And if they go and do this match inside Hell in a Cell, after what we've seen the first two times, I'm going to be excited for a third match. I don't usually like third matches but they want to get a third match out of this. This is very typical of what WWE does when they have two great professional wrestlers in a feud like this. They did it with Edge and Seth Rollins, and now Seth Rollins is probably going to be in there against Cody Rhodes, as he was in there with Edge at the last Saudi show back in November. This is great. 
I can't complain about this, man. I really can't. WWE is hitting a home run right now with Cody Rhodes. How long that lasts, that remains to be seen. But I think both of these guys work very well together. This was the best match of the entire night, if you ask me. And I thought this was a great way to open the show. Everybody was so over in this match. Everybody loved it. Everybody on social media loved it. I can't say anything bad about it. I can't. Excellent match by two guys, and I'm very much looking forward to a third match. And I hope, this is what I hope for. If WWE is going to put these two guys inside Hell in a Cell in Chicago, then they really need to make it feel like Hell in a Cell. It needs to be taken to the next level. Rollins and his pandering to Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I'm better than you, and they're going back and forth on who's better than who. Rollins needs to go sadistic now. He needs to be angry. It needs to be added, uh, an added level of intensity for Seth Rollins. It needs to really constitute being inside Hell in a Cell. Will WWE do that? I don't know. But if you're going to put Cody Rhodes inside Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins, man, take my money. I think it should be fucking fantastic. The last Hell in a Cell match Seth Rollins did with Edge was fucking great. And this is Cody Rhodes, man. You can imagine the story being in a Hell in a Cell match that Cody Rhodes is about to tell, man. I can't wait for this, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley versus oh, Omar. Omas. Smash had nothing going into it coming into this pay-per-view. And I don't really give a shit about either guys. The thing with this is, I will say this. WWE kind of tweaked Bobby Lashley's entrance. And I think Bobby Lashley's entrance looks fucking great, man. He looks like a fucking superstar out there. Flexing his muscles. He's on the podium. He's there flexing his muscles. And they got this, this epic type of fucking Roman drumming out there. Right? It's just, it sounds epic, man. Like he's fucking walking into the Coliseum and he's about to fucking tear some lion's head off. It sounds like Bobby Lashley's intro to his theme music, man. I love it. He looks fantastic. Omos, on the other hand, does not. WWE is running into a big fucking problem with Omos, man. This is a big problem that's been very apparent since the first day that Omos went single and left AJ Styles. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about Omos, and this one-trick pony, this one-trick act is all but over, man. Omos has already hit his ceiling in WWE. Nobody wants to see him outside of what he's doing here, these little fucking mid-card feuds. This guy is absolutely never on any planet going to be ready for a world championship this guy, if he is in a fucking feud with anybody for a major world championship, man, you might as well just cancel Monday Night Raw right then and there. Nobody wants to see it. This guy is as dead as they come. The entire act has already reached its peak. There is no getting better. There is no moving upwards towards Omos and what he's doing in WWE. This is it. This feud with Bobby Lashley is it. Now, I will say this about this match. This match was better than WrestleMania's match that they had, and that's not saying much because that match was fucking awful. But this match was a lot better. I don't know how it can't be better, being seeing how that match was so bad, but they had a okay match. Was it a pay-per-view-worthy match? No. Should have this been on Monday Night Raw? Absolutely. This was better, this was better situated for TV on Monday night. So... They had to follow Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, which was a fucking 
This was not going to work out well for these guys. This was a death wish for both guys. They had to follow Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. I, th- I think anything that followed Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, not to take anything away from Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes or Bobby Lashley and Omos, I mean, you could have put fucking anybody out there. It would have been very difficult to follow both Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and what they did. But unfortunately, Omos and Bobby Lashley got the call to follow the opening match. So Lashley backed Omos against the ropes. An MVP caused a little distraction on the outside. Omos took advantage and took it to Lashley with a boot to the face. Lashley started to fight back. Omos tossed him to ringside outside. They're back in the ring now. Lashley uh, was given a snake eyes by Omos. Uh, I'm assuming The Undertaker taught him that little gem, right? Give me a break. Snake eyes on the turnbuckle, and he followed up with another big boot to the face. He picked Lashley up again. Lashley slipped out. They seem to be on, uh, uh, you know, uh, a different page here. Instead of being on the same page together, there was a, a little bit of a miscommunication between these two guys. Lashley then jumped on Omos's back with a sleeper hole. There was a little bit of uh, a footing problem. They didn't know what was coming next, and they seemed to have botched the next sequence leading to that sleeper. Lashley was in control, tied Omos up in the ropes. It looked like Bobby Lashley wanted to clothesline Omos over the top rope. That looked like it was botched, so he just kind of tied him up in the ropes, and Omos was trapped in the ropes for a little bit. MVP tried to break Omos free. Lashley then chased MVP. He caught MVP in the hurt lock, but Omos escaped the, the ropes and broke it up. Lashley then applied the hurt lock on Omos. He was almost about to pass out. But he recovered, broke free, and bashed Bobby Lashley back into the corner. Lashley then rocked Omos with some boots to the face and attempted a suplex. Omos escaped the suplex, but Lashley instead hit a spine buster. The fans were okay during this segment. They popped for the spine buster because it's Bobby Lashley picking up the giant Omos in a spine buster. It looked impressive. Omos sent Lashley into the ring post, started to argue with the referee. MVP behind the referee's back hit Bobby Lashley with his cane, and Omos hit the big tree slam for the one, two, three. Omos beat Bobby Lashley. Now, I pray to God that this is the end of this feud because Bobby Lashley looks to be a complete geek in there with Omos. This is as bad as Bobby Lashley has looked since he's really turned the corner with the almighty shtick and the beginning stages of the Hurt Business and being aligned with MVP. This is the worst Bobby Lashley has looked. And Bobby Lashley is a pretty damn good fucking talent on Monday night. And we don't need him in there stinking his shit up against fucking Omos, who can't work a fucking match in general. Period. I hope to God this feud is over. This should not have been on pay-per-view. I don't know how anybody had the balls to book this fucking feud to begin with. And this shit sucks. Get this shit off of my television. I never want to see these two in the ring again. I never want to see Omos in the fucking ring again. This shit sucks. Was it better than their WrestleMania match? Yes, but the shit I just took before the fucking stream was better than anything Omos has done. Not to be fucking uh, open with you guys in that sort of manner, but, I mean, Omos is just fucking garbage. Let's get him off TV, and let's get Bobby Lashley into something a little bit more important. Edge. Edge and AJ Styles. This was a match I was looking very much forward to going into WrestleMania. They had a great little thing going on. Edge turned heel. He really has ramped up the heel turn 
for himself. He's got a whole new faction as well. Judgment Day. He's got Damian Priest aligned with him. They got all the spooky light effects and the smoke and all the purple lighting, right? Damian Priest even starts disappearing in the fucking ring during matches. It's great. I don't like that part of it, but I love with Edge uh, being a heel. I love what he's doing. So I'm enjoying it. AJ Styles. They're selling AJ Styles' shoulder going into this match. Can he, hit, can he hit the phenomenal forearm against Edge with that injured shoulder? Seemingly, AJ Styles is fighting from behind here. It's a two-on-one situation. We just got Monday Night Raw this past Monday, and Finn Balor aligned with AJ Styles. We got a little Bullet Club reunion in WWE. So now it's an even playing field. These two guys are now going up against Edge and Damian Priest. It's an even playing field. So AJ Styles beat Damian Priest on Monday Night Raw. That was to keep Damian Priest away from ringside. If Priest lost that match to Styles, which he did, he would be banned and barred from the ringside area. Fine. It's a one-on-one match. That doesn't mean Finn Balor can't interfere. And Damian Priest somehow made his presence known tonight on the show in this match, even though he was banned from ringside. WWE thought they were slick by sending Damian Priest out there in the manner that they did. So we got some brawling at the top, and AJ Styles hit a drop kick to start. Styles with a flatliner to edge on the announce desk. This shit spilled to the outside almost immediately. Flatliner on the table, on the edge of the table, on the outside. Back in the ring, Edge quickly rolls back out of the ring. AJ, with a wrecking ball drop kick to Edge, right through the ropes, takes him out. AJ then with a absolutely beautiful acai moonsault on Edge, took him out. It looked great. So they're now finally back in the ring. AJ went for the phenomenal forearm. Edge caught him with an elbow, blocking the move. AJ was then sent flying into the steel post. So he was taken out of the match for a little bit. On the outside again, Edge with a slingshot to AJ right into the steel steps, and now Edge is really adding the punishment to AJ Styles. So the ring post and the steel steps blasted AJ Styles, and the shoulder is now the target of Edge, which was visibly taped tonight in this match. Edge saw the tape. He ripped the tape off, this Kinesio tape that, that AJ Styles had wrapped uh, himself in. His shoulder was completely wrapped in tape. Edge ripped all that shit off. So we're back in the ring. Edge, like I said, ripped the tape off Styles' shoulder and now targets that weak spot. Huge DDT and a vicious arm bar for Edge on AJ Styles. AJ fought back with a ver- to a vertical base, but Edge caught him with a single arm DDT to regain control again. AJ tries again, delivers a Pele kick right on the top of Edge's skull. AJ missed the clothesline. Both then crashed and burned with a double cross body block, double down by both guys, each guy taking the other out. Styles is back up, two clotheslines, a running elbow. Styles drives Edge's face uh, face first into a face plant. He goes for a cover and gets a two count off the face plant. Both men now up. Styles with a hurricanrana, and he goes for a cover and gets a two count. Styles delivers the Yushigoroshi for a two count. At this point, AJ is throwing everything his shoulder is allowed to do at Edge. Edge is back up. Neckbreaker by Edge. Edge then goes right from the neckbreaker into a crossface 
on AJ Styles. AJ quickly reverses it into a calf crusher. Edge reaching for the ropes, but instead takes Styles' head and smashes it into the mat to break the hold. Styles, he didn't give a shit. He basically no-sold the headshots. Styles right back into the calf crusher, and this time Edge reaches the ropes and breaks the hold. Edge is now in the corner. AJ is pulling at Edge. Just imagine Edge in the corner holding on for dear life. AJ has a waist lock around Edge. Edge is holding on. Edge pulls off the second turnbuckle turnbuckle pad. Edge finds himself somehow face first into this exposed steel. And Edge somehow gets up. Basically no-sold the fucking steel to the face. Delivered a, a spear to Styles. He goes for a cover and only gets a two count. He got steel to the face, and then the next time I look up, because I'm taking my notes, he's delivering a fucking spear right to AJ Styles, and he goes right for a cover, only gets a two count. Edge is looking for another spear. Styles blocks it. Styles throws Edge stomach first on the top rope, hangs him out to dry. Styles pulls Edge off the top rope into a Styles clash, goes for a cover, and gets a very close two count. So now he's on the apron. AJ is looking for the phenomenal forearm. He goes up top. And Damian Priest, all of a sudden, is standing there in the aisleway. So AJ is off the top rope. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. He, like I said, he was going for the phenomenal forearm. Then he went up top to the top rope. I don't know if he was looking for his 450 splash. But he sees Damian Priest in the aisleway. And Damian Priest, he doesn't walk past where the barrier uh, begins in the aisleway. He's standing there on the steel portion of the ramp. To me, that's still considered ringside. You're not supposed to be out there. WWE thought they were slick by allowing Damian Priest to go out there and kind of bend the rules, per se. So Damian Priest is out there. He's standing in the aisleway trying to cause a distraction. Finn Balor runs down the aisle, makes the save, takes Damian Priest out. They're in the ring brawling. Jessica Carr, the referee, is fucking frantically waving her hands about, and she's telling these guys to get out of the ring. All of a sudden... A masked individual shoves Styles off the top rope. Edge is waiting down below, puts Styles in a crossface. Styles passes out, and Edge wins the match. Edge beats AJ Styles here tonight at WrestleMania Backlash. Excellent match. Excellent match. I loved it. Now, I don't want to sound negative here. I don't want to sound like a dick here, but at first glance, I thought it was Tommaso Ciampa. I thought it was Tommaso Ciampa under the mask because let's be real, Tommaso Ciampa and Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley have the same uh, shoulders. So Rhea Ripley then was shown from the back. She's still the mask on. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not Tommaso Ciampa. That's Rhea Ripley because I saw her body, her body type. And I'm like, that's got to be Rhea Ripley. So she gets into the ring. Edge puts his arms out. He embraces this masked individual. Rhea Ripley reveals herself underneath the mask, and she dyed her hair black, and she's now a part of Judgment Day. She looked into the camera. She sadistically smiled, and her and Edge stood in the center of the ring with the purple spotlight on them, raising their hands in victory. I think this is great. I think this is awesome. So now we got Tommaso Ciampa possibly joining. This is the other rumor going around right now. Everybody says it's Tommaso Ciampa. I wish. I hope it is. Tommaso Ciampa being the fourth and final guy in this group. But now we got Edge. We got Damian Priest. And we got Rhea Ripley 
being a female portion or female part of this act, Judgment Day, this new group led by Edge on Monday Night Raw. I cannot begin to tell you how this is needed for Rhea Ripley. This will be great for Rhea Ripley. She has been so awful on the main roster, and it's not because of what she's done. She still can't cut a promo. She sounds as scripted as they come, man. Her, all, her promo ability is awful. But I've always thought Rhea Ripley was very good in the ring. She has not been the same since Triple H and the black and gold. She won the Women's Championship over there. She went into WrestleMania 36 in the empty gymnasium. She lost to Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair had her reign of terror on NXT, holding the NXT Championship. Rhea Ripley had to put over Raquel Gonzalez down in NXT. They eventually called her up to wrestle Asuka in Tampa at WrestleMania last year. She won the championship. It was a, a it was basically just thrown together because Asuka had no other fucking opponent for WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley got off to such a wrong start on the main roster from Asuka right to Charlotte, and Charlotte did nothing to put this woman over. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte had one of the worst women's feuds of the entire fucking decade. Charlotte took that championship away from Rhea Ripley, buried her again, and then they put Rhea Ripley in a fucking tag team with Nikki Trash. They win the tag team championships, and... They end up breaking up. They put her right back in a tag team with Liv Morgan. They end up breaking that up. And now here we are with Rhea Ripley joining Edge and Judgment Day. Finally, finally, after all this time, a year and a half, Rhea Ripley can now begin her main roster run. It took a year and a half to get us here, but now we finally have the true form of of Rhea Ripley. She's going to be so much better as a heel instead of that smiley fucking baby face that WWE had her parading around as. And she's got the tutelage and the knowledge and the brilliance of one of the greatest ever in Edge with her in this group. This is going to be so fucking good. And let me tell you something, man. With Becky Lynch hopefully out of the Women's Championship title picture, this is going to give Bianca Belair a real interesting heel to battle this summer over the Raw Women's Championship, man. I'm very much looking forward to that because if you guys remember, the couple of times that we've seen them in the last couple of Royal Rumbles, they've actually owned the Royal Rumble to a point where you got you got to feel as a fan, from a fan's perspective, that these two women are going to be the future of the women's division. And they had such a great back and forth in that one Royal Rumble Bianca Belair won before she went to WrestleMania and won the title from Sasha Banks. This is going to be a great woman's feud if played correctly. Not only do we need competition for Bianca Belair, but we need a great heel for Bianca Belair. She did not get that with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is a fucking disgrace as a heel. Rip Rhea Ripley with Edge against Bianca Belair. Man, sign me the fuck up. Sign me up. I'd even take some mixed tag team matches, man. Rhea Ripley and Edge and Damian Priest. Or if they want to add Champa at some point, Rhea Ripley, Priest, and Champa versus the Street Profits and Bianca Belair, you can book this match and really make it fun, man. Include the Street Profits. We all know Bianca's married to Montez. Include the Profits in this feud. I don't want to see another Profits RK Bro match. Nobody wants to see that shit. That is a lot more interesting to me if you put the Street Profits in there and have them back Bianca in her feud, in her battle with Judgment Day and Rhea Ripley. This is great. 
This is great. This is going to be something that is going to take her to the next level. I love everything about this, man. Now we will see if Tommaso Ciampa gets added. I know Ciampa's doing this thing with Mustafa Ali. We don't know what's going on with that or why he's even attacked Mustafa Ali. We got no explanation as to why he did that. But if Ciampa wants to go dark and we want to get the psycho killer back to the way he was in NXT, I would love to see him paired with Edge. This is not over. There will be more additions to this group. Only time will tell who that is and when that will be. But Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, man, that's your main event match for the women on the women's side of things for the Royal Women's Championship going into SummerSlam, man. Book it. I love it. Ronda Rousey. Or Ronda Rousey. She's awful. Ronda Rousey is awful, man. Charlotte Flair is awful. I don't know the definition of awful because I've sucked so badly for so many years. Charlotte Flair. I quit match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This has been the worst women's feud in the entire women's revolution. This was worse than Charlotte Rhea Ripley. This was worse than anything Becky Lynch has done in the last six months. This shit sucks. This entire women's feud on SmackDown has been an absolute fucking embarrassment to women's wrestling everywhere. Imagine having Ronda Rousey come back and she is as dead as fucking anything you've ever seen on professional wrestling TV, man. This feud should have been put in a fucking casket and the casket should have been lowered and the dirt should have been poured on the fucking casket and the grave should have had the fucking tombstone. Rest in peace, Ronda and Charlotte. This shit has been absolutely atrocious every step of the way. Charlotte is so great, says the people online. She is so great that she's failed to get anybody over that she's been in the ring with. She buried Rhea. She buried Nikki Cross. She buried Liv Morgan. She buried Tony Storm. She buries everybody. It's all about Charlotte and Charlotte only. And she's doing the same thing to Ronda Rousey. If Charlotte was so good, this feud wouldn't be heralded as the worst women's feud of the entire women's revolution. This shit is awful. Ronda Rousey, her promos suck. She's been back. This is now her second run. Her first run was looked at as a fucking great rookie year. She did everything that she needed to do to make sure the women's revolution was fucking strong when she left. And WWE dropped the fucking ball on the entire division. Ever since Ronda left, it's been fucking awful and it's only got worse. And now that Ronda is back... WWE has not even used Ronda in the right way. They immediately want to throw her in the ring with Charlotte Flair because that's what Fox wants. And WWE is burying the entire fucking division with this feud alone. I can't stand it. Everything about this shit sucks. They've used every fucking gimmick in the book to try and get heat on this feud. And nothing has worked. Their WrestleMania match sucked. Then they added Drew Gulak into the mix. Charlotte's been bullying Drew Gulak. They had a beat the clock fucking challenge on SmackDown where Ronda Rousey buried Shotzi and Aaliyah got her token victory over Charlotte Flair. They can't even get that right. And now here we are with an I quit match. They're throwing literally the kitchen sink at this feud and nothing seems to work. So here we are. I quit match between Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. The bell rang. They both charged at each other. 
Rousey worked over Flair's arm. She went for Piper's pit. Flair fought back. Flair hit a high-angle German suplex with Rousey landing on her head, which looked nasty. They brawled around ringside again. Flair backed Rousey against the barricade and took it to her with some hard chops. The referee asked Rousey, but she responded that she wanted even harder chops. Bring it, bitch. Rousey threw Flair over the barricade and grabbed the microphone. Flair jumped up and then rocked Rousey with a boot to the face. Flair then pulled out a kendo stick from underneath the ring. Rousey grabbed the kendo stick. So Flair ran up the aisleway and ran into the back. She emerges with two kendo sticks. Then they got this face-off on the stage right next to the gorilla entrance. And Rousey grabbed the kendo sticks and beat down Flair. The referees asked her if she wanted to quit. And Ronda Rousey said hell no. Or Charlotte, rather, said hell no. Rousey continued to beat down Flair with the kendo sticks. Flair grabbed the camera. This was a weird spot. She grabbed one of the cameraman's cameras and threw it at Ronda Rousey. So I didn't understand that. She missed, and the camera got destroyed in the process. A complete waste of fucking technical fucking camera. And Charlotte even fucked that up. So Flair took over, and they were brawling into the crowd. Someone, uh, I believe... Uh, handed, uh, she took a drink or someone handed her a drink that Flair and she threw it in Ronda Rousey's eyes, blinding Ronda Rousey while they're brawling in the crowd. She then tossed Rousey into the hockey board that is in the Dunkin' Donuts arena. So Flair wrapped Rousey around the railing. She was bending her like a pretzel against the railing. She refused to quit. Flair tried to hit Rousey with a chair. Rousey blocked the chair shot. Flair ran back to the ring. Flair kicked the chair out of Rousey's hands and drove her into the announce desk. There were multiple chants from the crowd. We want tables. We want tables. Clearly, the Dunkin' Donuts arena was bored out of their fucking minds so much that all they wanted was fucking tables. Let me tell you something, Rhode Island. You could get your fucking tables. It's not going to make for a better match. All they wanted was fucking tables in Rhode Island. Multiple chants of we want tables. Yeah, so do I. So I could fucking put my head down and fall asleep seeing Ronda Rousey on fucking television. Flair took over after giving Rousey a powerbomb into the barricade. Rousey went for Piper's pit. Flair escaped and pushed her into the ring, po- into the ring post. Another We Want Tables chant by Rhode Island. Flair climbed to the top rope, but Rousey cut her off. Rousey locked on an armbar from the apron as Flair was upside down. Then they both took a nasty fall right to the floor. The fans chanted, we want tables again. I don't understand why at this point in the match you want fucking tables. I don't get it. Fan in the front row was wearing a fiend mask. This was weird too. Pat McAfee was there on commentary and they're brawling around the commentary table and around ringside area on that portion of the the ring. And Pat McAfee says, is that the fiend sitting front row? The fuck does that have to do with the match? This little kid is sitting front row wearing a fucking fiend mask and Pat McAfee pointed out the fucking fiend in the front row mentioning Bray Wyatt, the fiend, on television and Bray Wyatt's not even with the fucking company. Very weird comment by Pat McAfee. I don't know. Maybe he was on something tonight, man. I don't know why that was even a part of the fucking match. Why, why did you say that? Why did, he, why did he call that out of all fucking things? Maybe he was fucking bored with the match and the fiend, the kid dressed as the fiend was the most interesting part of this entire fucking contest. I don't know. 
You gotta love Pat McAfee, man. You never know what the fuck is gonna come out of his mouth. So this fiend child is sitting ringside. Pat McAfee pointed it out. Flair attacked Rousey with chair shots at ringside. Flair hit the natural selection on the chair in the ring, driving Rousey face first. Rousey refused to quit when asked. Flair locked on a figure eight. Rousey took the chair and broke herself free from the figure eight. Flair regained control, set up the chair. Flair grabbed the mic and told Ronda Rousey this was her last chance. She's about to win the match. Then she wished Ronda Rousey a happy Mother's Day and a furious Ronda Rousey at this point. Caught Flair in the arm bar in the chair. Flair refused to quit, so Ronda Rousey said on the microphone, I expected you to say that, bitch. And she wrenched the arm bar back even harder, and Charlotte Flair tapped out. Charlotte Flair says, I quit, and she tapped out to Ronda Rousey as Ronda Rousey's reign of terror begins on Friday Night SmackDown. I expected Ronda Rousey to win this match because she's back for one reason and one reason only, and Fox, there's no doubt in my mind, wanted Ronda Rousey as the SmackDown Women's Champion. There was no fucking way on this planet that WWE was going to book Ronda Rousey to say, I quit. Other than that, I mean, I'm not really surprised by anything we saw tonight. I would never expect Ronda Rousey to tap out and say, I quit. If she did, she might as well just fucking pack her bags and go home. There's no use to her being there anymore. Charlotte Flair was written off television. Apparently, Pat McAfee said that she broke her radius, meaning the bone in her arm, which allows her to move her arm. She broke her arm. WWE seemingly wrote Charlotte Flair off of television by explaining to the team, the, the commentary team and then relaying the message to us at home that Charlotte Flair broke her arm. Looks like Charlotte may be written off television. I don't know what that means. I don't know what WWE's plan of action here is with Ronda Rousey. I don't know who's next in line for Ronda Rousey. Seeing the SmackDown women's division, we're not left with many options right now. Shotzi Blackheart and Aaliyah about to be on uh, Nick Khan's budget cut list. Sasha Banks and Naomi, they're feuding with Natalia and Shayna Baszler for the tag team championships. And then we got Lacey Evans. Can you imagine Lacey Evans and Ronda Rousey battling over the SmackDown Women's Championship? My fucking God. You're going to be asking for Charlotte Flair to come back to television, man. And quick stat. Lacey Evans and her fucking poor boo-hoo-hoo, cry-me-a-fucking-river, fucking bullshit story is one of the most cringe attempts to get anybody over that I've seen in recent memory. I don't want to see that at all. And it may actually lead to Lacey Evans trolling us all. I don't see Ronda Rousey turning heel. Lacey Evans, if that is the case, may end up turning heel. And Ronda may be the babyface to Lacey Evans' heel if that is the direction of the feud. I don't know. Or maybe we get, and I hope to God she comes back, Bailey comes back and we get Bailey versus Ronda Rousey. I don't think we've seen that match on WWE television yet either. I love to see it. I love to see Bailey back on television, period, man. I don't give a shit who she's in the ring with. But Lacey Evans, man, keep that shit away from me. I don't want to see anything regarding Lacey Evans. 
That shit is fucking garbage, man. Keep the tears, the fake crocodile tears, and the fucking obviously fucking rehearsed promos that she's been reading off and reciting every fucking week. Five chapters of fucking cringe is what it should be called. This shit sucks. Lacey Evans, man. This is going to be another failed attempt at WWE trying to get this woman over. And WWE's doing nothing to aid her because what they've done with this direction, it's going to have the fans turn on her quicker than you could fucking blink. Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. Everything about this feud was horrendous. Everything. I will give them the credit where it's due. Tonight's match was passable. Tonight's match was enjoyable. Tonight's match was good. Does this match make the entire build that what we've seen leading to WrestleMania and then leading to this all much better? No. They can have one good match. It doesn't make everything that they did somehow look good because they went out there and had a stipulation match and they both had a very good night in the ring. It does not mean that everything they did before this Looks good by default. They had a good night. They had a decent match that was very intense and a passable match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That is it. Not going to sit here and praise, oh my God, it's the best women's match of the entire year. Fuck no. Absolutely not. That, I will say, is reserved for Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. I think that right now is the best women's match in all of WWE. Ronda Rousey on SmackDown as the Women's Champion, man. They got... Uh, an uphill battle with Ronda as now the leader of that women's division. WWE got what they wanted. Fox got what they wanted. Ronda's back. She's holding the gold. Now it's up to WWE to book Ronda creatively with the championship and throw opponents at her that legitimately, logistically makes sense. Everybody that they throw in front of her is not going to even matter because none of them will even be in discussion to beat Ronda Rousey. It's not Lacey Evans. It's not Natalia. It's not fucking Carmella or Zelina or anybody else they want to throw in there, man. WWE's got an uphill battle. I don't know what they're going to do, but Ronda's reign of terror begins on Friday night. And it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with Charlotte Flair as they now seemingly have wrote her off of television. So we'll see what happens. Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss was your match right before the main event. This shit had no business being on pay-per-view. Crowd was obviously bored out of their fucking mind. I think I even got up and made myself a cup of fucking coffee during this match. Could not stand this match even being announced for the pay-per-view. And here we are. This was not good. It dragged. It was boring. And I honestly think that Madcap Moss, Riddick Moss, deserves better. This is WWE refusing to listen to the fucking audience live in attendance. And they're refusing to listen to the audience on social media. Happy Corbin is fucking garbage. Nobody gives a shit about Happy Corbin. Nobody wants to see Madcap Moss cut fucking jokes. Riddick Moss is too talented to fucking go out there and be straddled with this shit gimmick. He looks like a fucking geek. Get him a new gimmick. Get him a new run as a solo guy being himself, and ditch the fucking lame act. That's all I'll say about that. 
He's trying. He's trying very hard to get this shit over, and it ain't working. It ain't working. And it's not going to work. Nobody's going to take him seriously as fucking madcap moss. And Baron Corbin, man, holy shit. This is the worst gimmick in all of pro wrestling. This guy genuinely has get-off-my-TV heat, and that's not because he plays his role well, man. He just genuinely fucking sucks. The gimmick is terrible. So they showed a video package right before leading up to this match. Oh my God, they broke up. I don't know how I'm going to live my fucking life knowing that Madcap Moss and Baron Corbin aren't a fucking duo anymore. Holy shit. Moss had an early advantage here until Corbin took over. Chokeslam Moss down. Corbin continued to beat down Moss, whipped him into the corner. Corbin slowed the pace down with a chin lock. Corbin then hit the around the ring post clothesline that he usually does. He got that for a near fall. He slammed down Moss and hit a senton for a near fall. Moss bounced off the ropes and knocked Corbin to ringside. He then tackled Corbin and threw him into the ring post. Moss caught Corbin and hit a fallaway slam for a near fall. Moss set up for the punchline, his finishing move, but Corbin counted into a back suplex. Corbin then placed Moss on the top turnbuckle. Moss fought out. Corbin caught Moss in a deep six. He went for cover. He got a near fall. The finish then came when Corbin went around the ring post for the clothesline again, and Moss counted with a sunset flip for the one, two, three. So Madcap Moss beat Baron Corbin with a sunset flip pinfall. That's how bad this match was, man. The fact that they couldn't even beat Baron Corbin with his own finishing fucking move. Madcap wins, I hope to God, I pray to God, to the SmackDown fucking gods that hate all of us on Friday night that this feud is over. Let's get Riddick Moss on television and ditch Madcap. This guy's going nowhere fast with that gimmick. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns and the Usos with Paul Heyman. This was your main event. Drew McIntyre and RK Bro was the main event in a six-man tag after WWE clickbaited you on a championship unification match that they supposedly said was always in the plans to not happen. I don't agree with that. I don't believe that at all. One single solitary second. WWE reportedly said the six-man tag team match was always planned for WrestleMania backlash. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. We got Nakamura, the first individual in the ring following Lesnar losing to Roman Reigns the following Friday on SmackDown was Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, they are planning Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman Reigns at some point before we go to the eventual Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns match. That's not going to happen at a major stadium show. WWE is probably going to save that for somewhere down the line. Maybe we see it at Hell in a Cell. I don't know. But WWE is reportedly saying that the six-man tag team match was always in the plan. I don't understand why. I don't see how. Meltzer reported this on The Observer, and the six-man tag was always the planned match for WrestleMania Backlash. There were never any plans to do the unification title match for the tag team titles. Meanwhile, everybody lost interest for this pay-per-view. 
They didn't really want to watch this pay-per-view unless there was a tag team unification match. And WWE turned off many people by clickbaiting them and trolling them that we were going to get a title unification match only to get a six-man tag with nothing on the line. And in typical Bruce Pritchard fashion, they did not even explain why they canceled the unification match. Get this. Roman Reigns sent the Usos to Monday Night Raw to go capture the Raw Tag Team titles. So all of the bloodline have two titles. This was confirmed. This was made. The match was set. Graphics were fucking placed on TV. Everything was set. We even had a contract signing. Then WWE takes Roman Reigns and has Roman Reigns rip up the contract, shove the contract down Matt Riddle's throat, out comes Drew McIntyre to save the day, and apparently WWE tends to think that we're all fucking stupid. Am I to believe Roman Reigns sent the Usos to Monday Night Raw only to then rip up the fucking contract when it was his idea in the first place? This is more important to you? Getting revenge on Drew McIntyre and having a nothing match with nothing on the line instead of having your boys go unify the tag team championships, which right now is a priority in WWE? I don't see how that works, Bruce. I don't believe you guys. You guys are a bunch of fucking bold-faced liars and you're full of fucking bullshit. Nobody should give WWE the benefit of the doubt. This was not planned all along. Do you want to know why the match was canceled? Do you want to know why this tag team unification match was canceled? It was because this week, WWE, they changed the match, or two weeks ago, they changed the match, and it was this week where Dave Meltzer reported that Fox wants brand exclusivity. That's the reason. This was not always planned. WWE did not have this elaborate plan and storyline in place to give us the six-man tag. Fox wanted the match changed, and WWE, in typical fashion, has to bend over backwards while Fox rams them up the ass with no lube. They had the match changed. Fox doesn't want Monday Night Raw superstars on SmackDown. Fox doesn't want SmackDown guys on Monday Night Raw. And Fox certainly doesn't want the Usos, SmackDown talent, the Bloodline, SmackDown talent, holding titles that are associated with NBC Universal and USA Network. You think I'm fucking stupid, huh? Nobody's going to tell you that's the reason, but that is the reason why the match was canceled. Fox, they want brand exclusivity. I am sick and tired of the fucking brands being held up, the content on these brands being held up, the fucking brand split being ruined, and the overall product being in good health. I'm tired of the fucking networks actively sabotaging the goddamn fucking shows. I'm tired of it. The fuck does Fox know about what SmackDown needs? You want what you want on SmackDown, and what you want doesn't necessarily mean what the fans want. I hate it. I can't stand it. Has Fox watched their fucking show? Has Fox watched any episode of SmackDown in 2022, man? How could you be fucking pleased with the ratings this show is getting and with fucking Ricochet versus Shanky and New Day versus fucking Sheamus every fucking week? Man, oh man, you people must be fucking asleep like the rest of us during SmackDown because there's no fucking way you think that ending the fucking brand split is not a good idea. Then Roman Reigns, he's in Trenton, New Jersey on Saturday night, cuts this promo saying that he may 
never see Trenton, New Jersey ever again, and that he may move on to a new phase in his life sooner rather than later. What the fuck does that mean? Fightful reported tonight, before they supposedly got hacked, Fightful reported tonight that WWE is claiming Roman Reigns saying that is only Roman Reigns telling everybody that he may be taking a reduced house show schedule. So Roman Reigns is never going to be in the state of New Jersey ever again? If you're in Trenton, New Jersey, and Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown comes to a neighboring city in New Jersey or a bigger city in New Jersey, that doesn't mean Roman Reigns is going to be in New Jersey ever again? I don't get it. Seems like WWE is already in denial about Roman Reigns maybe potentially leaving for Hollywood like his cousin Dwayne. Really? I don't buy that for a single solitary second. Open your eyes and just watch the show and feel the show. You are watching the final phase of Roman Reigns' career. There is absolutely nothing for Roman Reigns to do after this. Could he give us another three, four, five years? Sure. If he wants to. Does he want to? No. He wants to be well enough in his body. He wants to be well enough in his career to know he could walk away and he's accomplished everything that he could walk into Hollywood and never want to come back again. And that's exactly what he's done. How are you going to have Roman Reigns hold this title for maybe by the end of it all, 700, 800, 900 days, have him lose the championship or both championships, say to Drew McIntyre or Cody Rhodes or one or the other, if Monday Night Raw gets their championship back, has Roman Reigns lose both of these championships, wrestles The Rock at WrestleMania, beats Dwayne at WrestleMania, and then stays with WWE. Do you honestly think that's beneficial for Roman Reigns? He would have done everything at that point. What are you going to have him do? Come back as a babyface and chase the fucking heel for the championship all over again? It's never going to amount to anything close to what you did with both championships in this run. Why would he ever want the championship again? He fucking held the belt for 900 days. You're watching the end of Roman Reigns' career is what you're watching. WWE's in denial about, yeah, oh yeah, the next phase of his life is just reduced house show schedules. Give me a fucking break. The unification of the tag team titles should have been the main event tonight. Fox are a bunch of fucking sly, sneaky, unintelligent fucking suit and tie cocksuckers. This tag team title match unification is imperative to the tag team division. So now we have RK Bros, the Raw Tag Team Titles champions, and the Usos almost three hundred over 300 days as SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Why? Because there's no fucking tag teams on Friday night. I don't know about you guys, but I can't stand the RK Bro versus Alpha Academy tag team title match, man. I don't want to see it. Even if they merge the titles, they're looking a little thin. But it's better than what we got right now. We got this main event, man. This main event was fun as hell. This was a great six-man tag team match. Though nothing was on the line, this was a great main event. Everybody was over. Everybody was into it in Rhode Island. This was awesome. Started slow. Fans were into it. Picked up towards the end. And this turned into a really fun match in the closing five minutes. So we have Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, and Corey Graves on commentary. There were the Monday Night Raw guys starting the show. And then SmackDown did the second half. And then we got SmackDown and Monday Night Raw kind of combined in the main event of the show. Being that we got Monday Night Raw and SmackDown superstars all in the same match. So, 
Jimmy backed Orton into a corner. And Orton fought back, poked Jimmy in the eye. Orton gave Riddle an assisted splash on Jimmy for a near fall. McIntyre tagged in and caught Jimmy with a belly-to-belly suplex. Jimmy rolled to his corner. McIntyre pointed at Reigns to get in the ring. Heyman was on the outside at this point in the match, begging Reigns not to tag in because he has nothing to prove as the head of the table. He said, fuck that. And he tagged in anyway. Fans went crazy. McIntyre and Reigns faced off to a huge pop in the middle of the ring. This was clearly set up to tease what is coming this summer. Reigns then walked back into his corner and tagged out like the fucking prick that Roman Reigns is. So good is Roman Reigns. So then we got the faces briefly taking Jay and isolating Jay Uso in their portion of the ring. The heels then isolated Riddle on their side of the ring, which is typical of an RK Bro match. Riddle gets beat down, then the hot tag to Randy Orton. So more of the same here. Riddle was being beaten down in the heels corner of the ring. Reigns tagged in when Riddle was in trouble because that's what heels do. Riddle tried to fight back, but Reigns knocked him back with an elbow. He slammed Riddle down with a rock bottom for a two count. If you think that rock bottom was put in there because it's a cool looking move and no other reason, then you're a fool. That was a little nod and a tease for what is eventually going to happen. Jimmy missed a splash in the corner, but Jay cut Riddle off. Jay knocked Orton off the ring apron with a super kick. He went for the Rikishi splash in the corner, but Riddle countered with a knee. Reigns threw Jay back in the ring, tagged himself in. At the same time, Riddle tagged in McIntyre, and we are here with Reigns and McIntyre. McIntyre, this time, the Usos were taken down. They faced off in the middle of the ring. McIntyre took Reigns down with a belly-to-belly suplex. He then caught Jimmy and Jay with neck breakers. Reigns recovered, hit a Superman punch on Drew McIntyre. Fans wanted Randy Orton in the ring with Roman Reigns. Reigns taunted Orton and Riddle on the apron. He knocked Riddle down. He celebrated like the prick he is. McIntyre took advantage Hit the Claymore on Roman Reigns. Orton got the hot tag. He ran wild. Power slam on Reigns. Draping DDT on Jimmy Uso. Orton tossed Jay outside. Reigns tried to jump Orton, but he hit the RKO to a massive pop. Roman Reigns did not take that RKO really well at all. It was very sloppy looking. Orton then hit Jimmy with an RKO. He then uh, broke, or Jay broke up the cover. Pinfall attempt. McIntyre jumped back in and went for the Claymore. Jay responded with a super kick. Riddle tagged in and got his chance to go on a hot baby face run. He rocked Reigns with a knee. He hit the Broton on Jay. He followed up with the floating bro for a close two count. Fans broke out into a this is awesome chant. All over the place. Chaos everywhere at this point. Jay avoided Riddle and hit a pop-up neck breaker, but Orton broke up the pin attempt. Orton beat down Jay on the outside. Suddenly, Reigns hit the Superman punch on Randy Orton. McIntyre sent Reigns into the ring post and cleared the announce table to a massive pop. Fans have been dying to see a table spot all night. They finally got it in this match. Reigns fought back, gave McIntyre the rock bottom through a table to another huge pop. Riddle then took out the heels with a crossbody over the top rope. Jay recovered, hit a suicide dive on Riddle. He goes flying over the table debris. Back in the ring, Riddle and Jay traded knees and super kicks. Riddle hit the RKO on Jay from the top rope. Reigns made a blind tag in. 
He hit the spear on Matt Riddle, and he pins Matt Riddle for the one, two, three. Very fun match. This was crazy, man. All over the place. It meant nothing, but the bloodline win. Surprised by the bloodline winning, seeing that there was nothing on the line. I would expect Drew McIntyre and RK Bro to get the victory here, seeing that there was no title unification, and really nothing would be lost if the bloodline lost this match. But even a random nothing six-man tag, the bloodline can't lose a match. You know, I'm not surprised that they lost, but kind of surprised at the same time because Usos, they've lost to Matt Riddle and Randy Orton how many fucking times now? They had to get their victory back at some point, so this was, I guess, their victory over RK-Bro. But even in a random six-man tag where nothing is on the line and a loss he would not really do anything to the bloodline, they can't even go into this match being beaten by a, a random six-man or a random uh, threesome like RK Bro and and Drew McIntyre. It's ridiculous to me. But anyway, minus that little criticism, we got this match. It was awesome. It was fun. Uh, it was definitely worthy of a main event spot. I'd much rather have seen the unification match. But outside that, man, they ended with this. They walked up the aisle. They were holding this, the, the, the titles in the air. And that's the way the show went off the air. Fun match. Good match. And Backlash delivered with low expectations going in. And WWE typically does this with all their pay-per-views, man. Low expectations going in, and it usually ends up being a solid show when it comes to its conclusion. Guys, we have 2,400 people inside the OTS venue. Let me look my stats for the night. We are definitely number one in the community. Thank you guys so very much for all of your support tonight. I love you guys very, very much. Thank you for spending your Sunday night with me right here on Off The Script. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout for your free sample. Guys, the weather is getting nicer outside. And the ladies are going to be hopping about, wearing their skimpy clothing all summer long, man. You're going to need that confidence at some point this summer, man. That's where Blue Chew comes in when it's time to step up to the plate. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you guys can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed on online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part is all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. Guys, I always talk about first impressions. When they are happening in front of us on wrestling and in WWE or in AEW. It's always about the first impression, man. Always. You only get one. But what about the lasting impressions? Those are just important as well. Make sure you guys go to BlueChew.com. Promo code JD at checkout. All you guys pay is the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code JD to receive your first month free. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring tonight's WrestleMania Backlash post-show right here on Off The Script. 
Also, guys, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below and be a part of the OTS family. We got content coming all week, live streams coming all week, and this is the place to be, as you guys saw tonight, to be in the IWC. Thank you guys for a thousand likes. Let's try for 1,300 minimum on tonight's Backlash post show. And make sure you guys got those super chats in. We're going to hang out in just a second and go over all the super chats right here on the show tonight. We're going to start at the top. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. More WrestleMania rematches at Hell in a Cell from the looks of it. Looks like we might get Cody versus Seth Rollins again inside Hell in a Cell. Right now, that's all I am thinking about. What I hope that they don't do is give me Reigns versus McIntyre inside Hell in a Cell to start that feud off. AEW Mark 2018 with a $2 Super Chat. Adam Share is in AEW leaked from Megacon Orlando. I saw this going around social media today. I pray to God it is not true. I pray to God that it is not true, man. I hope it's a typo. I hope the people that run Megacon Orlando are a bunch of oblivious idiots and they mistakenly think that he's with AEW. I hope to God not. And if he is, it looks like he may be the mystery man to go up against Samoa Joe. Joseph Taylor with two $2 Super Chats. Backlash was a good pay-per-view. The main event match was the match of the night. I disagree, Joseph Taylor. I take Cody versus Seth Rollins as the match of the night. Tony Brown with a $4.99 Super Chat. No booty that I liked. Yeah, Tony Brown, there was no booty on tonight's show. No Sasha, no Naomi, unless you like Rhea Ripley and consider that booty meat. I don't know. We got Rhea Ripley tonight, but that's about it. But no visible booty meat like we are usually accustomed to Tony Brown. I feel you, bro. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. With the Bloodline winning, how can they justify Roman versus Drew McIntyre continuing? I guess the excuse will be, well, Drew didn't get pinned. Still had a fun match. Oh, they'll make, uh, they'll make something out of it, Michelle. I'm not really concerned with that. I, I don't think, I hope to God it's not Roman versus Drew McIntyre. I hope. Hell in a Cell does not need Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns inside Hell in a Cell. If they want to do it at Hell in a Cell, they can do it, but don't put it inside Hell in a Cell. Isaiah becomes a member for nine months. Isaiah, thank you for becoming a member for nine months in the OTS VIP club. My expectations were low, and I was pleasantly surprised by the quality of rehash. I'll be attending Raw tomorrow, so I'm interested in what's next. Isaiah, I feel sorry for you, bro. Why are you attending Monday Night Raw? Why would you even bother going to Monday Night Raw, man? You know what that's going to feel like. Enjoy yourself regardless, man. Thank you for the nine months. The Dud with a $5 Super Chat. Once Bailey returns, she'll get cheered, but then shit on the fans, so they'll boo her again. Bailey, I'm very confident, will get cheered, and then she will take that and run with it and make everybody hate her all over again. Man, she is awesome. 
Derek Anawaii with a seven-month membership. Thank you so much, Derek. I appreciate you, brother. We got a $5 super chat from Kai T. Or is this KT? I'm going to say Kai T. No cheeks tonight, but still decent. Ronda won on Mother's Day. Good for her, I guess. Could be a reason why she won, but I'm going to go and say Fox wanted her as champion, and nobody would really believe that Ronda Rousey would tap out to Charlotte Flair. Isaiah with a $10 super chat. For Raw tomorrow night, I have a good seat. The second behind, the one behind the entrance ramp, so I may be on TV. We'll definitely be in the venue after. Isaiah, if that's the case, you should bring some off-the-script signs and show it off on television, man. We don't usually get OTS signs on WWE TV. That would be great. John Good with a $2 Super Chat. Adam Cole had an old-fashioned. Did he really? Man, I knew I liked Adam Cole for a reason, man. He's drinking old fashions on Bar Rescue. It's a man of quality. It's a man of taste. I love it. Gotham Guy with a $10 Super Chat. Rejoining Judgment Day was so good that I'm hoping AEW doesn't pull the trigger on Julia Hart joining the House of Black. To me, Chris Statlander is a better fit with her new darker look and attitude. Don't take away anything from Julia Hart, man. Julia Hart can play the role well if given the opportunity, and I honestly think she'd give it a little Alexa Bliss vibe when she went evil. Probably do it better than Alexa. Let's give her a shot, see what she's made of, man. I'd love to see her join the House of Black. In fact, I wanted to see her join the House of Black on Wednesday when she had the steel chair and she was about to blast one of the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison. I would have loved to see it. Harold Warren with a $10 super chat. Omas equals piss break. Absolutely, Harold. Omas is every type of break you could possibly think of, man. You name it. Take a break and leave when Omas is on TV. Tony Brown with a $4.99 super chat. I agree, he says. Decent show. It was a decent show, Tony Brown. It would have been more decent if there was more booty meat for my boy Tony Brown, but none. You'll get it tomorrow on Raw. Dave Millay with a 499 Super Chat. How the heck are we supposed to take Lacey Angle seriously when she's been telling her sob story in a bikini? Dave, I don't know, man. Lacey Evans is fucking awful, bro. She's always been awful. Shayla becomes a member for 15 months. Shayla, thank you so much. There is absolutely no one to face Ronda. It's the way SmackDown is, man. It's the way Fox loves it. Fox doesn't want a brand split. They want brand exclusivity. They're, they're exclusive with their own shit roster. That is absolutely looking awful as far as a roster is concerned. Flavor Dave becomes... No, Flavor Dave with a $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Shayla. Flavor Day with a Canadian $10 Super Chat. Hope Cody wins the WWE title at SummerSlam and Drew wins in the UK. By then, Roman will be champ for two years. Pretty crazy. Memorable title run, though, in my opinion. Uh, Flavor Dave, if you look back... We talked about this on Off the Script today, man. If you look back at Roman Reigns' title run, it only benefited Roman Reigns. If you really want to really break it down, 
It did great for Roman Reigns, but ultimately it was a failure of a title run. And Roman Reigns winning the Universal Championship to drop it to Drew McIntyre in the UK sounds like a good idea, but I think it happens before then. I think it honestly needs to happen before then. I say Drew wins the title sometime this, this summer, possibly at Money in the Bank, and then Cody wins the title at SummerSlam, the WWE title. Drew wins the Money in the Bank uh, title at the... Uh, or the Universal title at Money in the Bank, and then Cody wins the WWE title at SummerSlam, and then Drew McIntyre defends the title against Gunther at the UK show. I think that's the best way to go about it. Roman Reigns, I don't know what the fuck he does. Get him ready for The Rock and get him off TV. Julian Bravo. Thank you for the 199 Super Chat, bro. Do you think Reigns can hang in AEW? Of course he can. Tony Baguette. Tony Baguette. It's a $1 super chat. No message. Leave it in the tip jar for Jesse, bro. I don't need it. Reverend Davey Thompson. 14-month member. Thank you, brother. Good off the script. Horrible backlash. Here's to 13 months in the venue. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, brother. Justin Striplin with a $4.99 super chat. Do you think Cody saying one lucky male and female superstar will get a chance to main event WrestleMania? And the Money in the Bank promo was a botch by WWE. I didn't even hear that. I didn't even hear that, Justin. I gotta go, I gotta go back and listen to that. I didn't know he said that. I might have walked away and made myself a coffee during that uh, little intermission there. Anyway, guys, it's been a long day here on Off The Script, man. We killed it today. We went three hours on Off The Script, episode 429. We went another hour and 45 minutes, 46 minutes here tonight on the Backlash Post Show. And I'll be live again tomorrow night after Monday Night Raw, man. The follow-up to Backlash tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, man. If you guys missed any of the content this week, again, go check the homepage. Go and check out Off The Script, episode 429. Excellent stuff coming out of there. Big stories on Bray Wyatt. Big stories on Roman Reigns. The draft. WWE possibly doing the draft again. Brandon James Shea with a $1 super chat. Thank you, brother. Hit that subscribe button down below, guys, if you guys want more from Off The Scripts. 2,000 people still in the venue, I see, man. I need 1,000. We got 1,000. You asked for it, or I asked for it. You gave it to me. Let's try for 1,300. If you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, hit the thumbs up, man. Hit the thumbs up. Helps me out. Thank you to everybody that super chatted. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications, and go check out my sponsor for today's show, man, Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go and get your free sample of Blue Chew. Guys, thank you for making us number one again tonight in the community. I appreciate it. Love being here for you guys, but I'm getting out of here, man. I got a busy week ahead of me next week. I need two things. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. And when that guitar solo comes on, man, I need that music on max. Make sure those beverages are cold for tomorrow night, man. Monday Night Raw tomorrow night in the venue. Until then, have a good night, guys, and I'll see you tomorrow right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.